Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Podcast Network Asia. I always say progress, not perfection, small steps, big changes. So those small things, those rituals, those small steps that you take, because people get overwhelmed with big steps, you know, it's really that one will take you one step further to how you can feel good about yourself. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast. A well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Welcome back to Project Loving Myself. Today, we are on topic with beauty, wellness, and self-care. Three of my favorite things. You know how they say, beauty is only skin deep. I've always wondered about that. I grew up in a culture where beauty is highly prized for its capability of helping women find a good match in a husband. Not too different from what you have seen on the Bridgerton series on Netflix. At Indian weddings, which is often where women find their future husbands, the prettier you are, the more likely you are to be pursued by a man who will eventually propose marriage. But this notion that beauty and the attractiveness of a woman opens all kinds of doors is not new to us. It has been happening for centuries. Helen of Troy was the face that launched a thousand ships. Cleopatra was known for her beauty and her beauty rituals. So the more beautiful a woman, the more likely she is to catch the eye of a handsome prince or royalty or eligible bachelor. I mean, I saw this in Disney movies, in other movies growing up from Hollywood to Bollywood. In the books I read, it was often the beautiful woman who caught the eye of the handsome man. Books have been written, songs have been composed, and poems have been birthed about beautiful women. And beauty has always been a trait that was recognized, that was valued. Growing up, I learned that the prettiest girls would be the first ones to be hit on in college. They got all the attention, and they were the first to have boyfriends too. If you were beautiful, people always commented about that. If you were beautiful, strangers strike up conversations with you wherever you travel. You are more likely to get into the hot new club by the bouncer, get a reservation even when the restaurant is full, or get an upgrade or something else free. Being beautiful automatically makes you VIP. But I also noticed that it wasn't enough to be just beautiful. You had to be confident too. And sometimes that inner confidence could trump beauty. But thankfully, the role of women has evolved over time. We're no longer defined solely by our appearance or our ability to find a partner. We are no longer recognized for making a good match and producing children. We are now also commended for our skills, traits, contributions, but most importantly, for being the nurturers of the future generations the voice of reason in politics, and the caretakers of the divine feminine energy. Today, we have the power and the voice to run the world and shape the future. So 
So on our episode today, we talk with the incredibly talented and knowledgeable Kim Reyes Palanca. Kim is a freelance beauty, wellness, and lifestyle writer-editor, as well as the co-founder of the local mindful beauty brand, Pure Culture. As a beauty editor and columnist, she is a highly regarded member of the tightly knit community of beauty experts, writers, and enthusiasts in the Philippines. Together, we'll explore the multifaceted concept of beauty and peel back the layers to reveal its true essence. We'll go beyond surface appearances and delve into the various elements that shape our perception of beauty. It's time to challenge the idea that beauty is only skin deep and embrace the beauty that radiates from within. So join me now in this thought-provoking conversation with Kim as we uncover the depths of beauty inside and out and redefine what it truly means to be beautiful. Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Hi. Hi, Kim. Hello, Sanaya. I enjoyed your introduction. That's really, I think it encapsulates the entire meaning of beauty as art and as a form of self-expression. I mean, I would put that in an article right now, everything you said. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, I was, I love when it. I started when I started writing, I was like, okay, what is this episode going to be about? What do I want to talk to Kim about? And first it was just kind of like about beauty. And then I started tapping into my own experiences and I said, yeah. wow, like my own journey with beauty has been really interesting. You know, I, I, I'll add now, now that you've asked or started this kind of part of the conversation, my mom used to tell me growing up how she was so beautiful and like all the boys would chase her. And she would never like give them any of her attention. And I remember it's something I heard over and over and over again. So as a child, I knew you have to be beautiful. Like it's something that is like really recognized or it'll get you being chased by people. And, you know, you don't even have to look at them. So it's just weird how our programming shapes our perceptions and then our experiences with beauty because I actually spent quite a bit of my time focusing on that external beauty only to realize that that never made me happy and it was only when I went inward and started to become a beautiful person that I actually became someone with more confidence, higher self-esteem and definitely more self-love. You know, Our mothers, God bless them, they really taught us the value of how to present ourselves well in the world. And it was really well-meaning. I mean, I think they understood also prior to their own conditioning that it is important for girls and women who have no voices really in the earlier days, unlike now, where we can practically do anything that we want and actually do meaningful work. I think they knew that to get in the door, to break through the glass ceiling, you just had to get the attention of everyone through your beauty. And really, there's no judgment there. I think nowadays, especially during the pandemic, people understood that beauty is really beyond skin deep. But at the same time, it's also important to take care of yourself. I think people would be lying if they'd say that, getting up from bed in the morning and just looking like this and presenting myself in the world like that. I mean, we all know it's important to take care of ourselves, to feel good about ourselves. But then at the same time, in all the years that I have done beauty, it has come full circle to me that during my childhood until finding my way in the workforce and actually getting into beauty, which was something I did not plan, it is really about this holistic view of self-discovery so the value we put in on how we look like and how we're you know sometimes just not not just our mom even our even our dads are like you know maybe you should fix just small comments such as maybe you could be a little bit more feminine or girly you know you're a bit too bossy people are getting getting intimidated by you and i would think well, if I get this message from the men in my life, what are they trying to say? That 
I'm just going to be cute and some kind of a pretty girl. And, you know, it really is conditioning. So it's, it's really like, okay, you have no place in the world if you're a little bossy, if you voice, you know, your opinion, if you speak out, just speaking out. So I'm just going to be cute. But, you know, again, we can use that to our advantage. We, we can be heard by people taking us seriously. And how do they take us seriously? If you care about how you look and, you know, you did some kind of effort, they know you're serious and you mean business, right? Yeah. Putting in any amount of attention to how you feel, how you look. So we always talk about looking good, feeling good and doing good, which is something that's my personal mantra and also the mantra in our local beauty brand, which we'll, we can talk about later. So it's all about that. But at the same time, people should realize, you know what? If I take care of myself well and I feel good, you know, we have an idea of how we should look like and feel like. It should reflect. Right. So sometimes there's a disconnect. So I think I'd like to think that I help people connect with the person they're seeing in the mirror. So you can be the most beautiful girl like, you know how models are the most insecure, actually. And I've been around models forever. And they're the most beautiful people. And, you know, when I shoot them, I need to give them a little nudge and see what I'm seeing from the other side of the fence, from the other side of the camera. Because what they see is, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm so not pretty. And I'm seeing this beautiful lady physically and also a beautiful soul. So that nudge, I'd, I'd like to think that that's meaningful work. That's purposeful work to make people see that you don't have to be, you don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to look like models to actually, you know, get that out of your system and get to really radiate that beauty you have from within. And I've seen, I've seen all types of beauties physically, you know, or like charisma, like we talk about that, like how people are so magnetic. And I've met so many people in the beauty industry, in and out of the beauty industry. And everyone has, no matter what, people should re remember women and men alike. Everyone has an insecurity. We all feel small at some point. But, you know, beauty and wellness is really about self-care, which is the first step to self-love. Something I heard from a beautiful men mentor Leah Bernardo, the happiness doctor, she was able to say it in just a few words, the work that we do. I said, that's right. During the pandemic, people were taking care of themselves. Their desks became vanity desks, not because they just wanted to look good in Zoom, but because all of a sudden they're looking at themselves, talking to themselves and seeing, you know, is this who I really am? Is this, oh, I don't like my skin. Oh, you know what? I'm okay. I look good. Like with or without a filter. If I just took the time to take a breather every day, five minutes a day, check in on myself. I could actually express myself better and do better work. So I have talked a lot about this and touch up on so many things. But if you think about it, our well-meaning parents, that's, I think, was the meaning, the underlying meaning that they had. You know, they knew it was so hard for a girl to get heard to get a good partner, be taken seriously, you know? So they knew, okay, how do we address it? Because they knew the, the real world was like that. That's how we were, that's how we were perceived. Beauty is power in a way that they knew it could open doors for us. But at the same time, like what you just said, beauty is really your soul. It re really is how you feel inside, how that translates to how you deal with people, how you deal with work in general, like just every day doing that mindful work of working both on the inside and out. Sometimes people judge beauty because it's all superficial. But the thing is, sometimes it works. The way to get in and have that beauty radiate from within is to start from the outside or vice versa. It doesn't matter. It'll just really come out naturally if you do a little work and a little bit of self-discovery. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know, I think you nailed it on so many different levels, Kim. And there's a lot for me to speak to. But the first thing I wanted to say is when you said self-care, right? Like you have to put in that effort to how you look, for example, because it shows the other person that you take care of yourself. I think that's a very powerful idea because imagine you go into an interview and you are obviously dressed a certain way, you know, you're well-groomed. You're definitely making a good impression on the other person, right? That you, you, that you care. And I want to hire, I want to hire somebody who puts enough time, attention and care in themselves because that tells me they're going to put that same time, attention and care into the work that I give them. So I definitely agree, right? That outward appearance tells us a lot about what's going on on the inside for a person, you know, in terms of their traits and qualities. However, when I see people who overdo it on the outside, like they're very made up, they're very like, like sometimes it's, it's for me, it's a lot of makeup. Then I look at it and I think, oh, they're hiding yeah. What's going on beneath, you know, so also how they they're grooming and how much they're doing of it. Like if you go overboard, I think that's kind of like I need to hide what's going on underneath or I need to put this kind of face on the outside. And that to me would be like a sign of someone who's a little bit, you know, maybe, you know, too connected to you that external. Want. Yeah. You know, so I think there's that. And I loved how you said that our parents were well-meaning because they did come into that. They did come from a generation where if you were beautiful, that got you places, right? In that time. So of course they want that for their children. Like I know my mom, like her goal was to get married and have a family. And she obviously thought that would be my goal as well. And she's like, well, one way to assure yourself of a good marriage is to be beautiful and kind of focus on all of that. So totally hear you. But I also love what you said about the models that a lot of models you work with, like they're so beautiful on the outside, but they're really insecure. But that's the industry too, right? Because they're being judged and graded on their beauty. And I think you can't blame them. And also for our children who are on social media, they're getting judged and they're getting you know, essentially comments from people and, you know, invitations from people also based on their outward appearance. So there's a lot, a lot to unpack. And I love like, yeah, I love how we've already started. But tell me, Kim, how do you balance it? Like, how do you really work on that outward? Because I know you said sometimes it's inside out and sometimes it's outside in. How do you do that? Making sure you're covering, like you're lighting the candle on both ends. Do you know what I mean? Like you're doing the inner work and you're also focusing on the outward, but never getting pulled in either direction too much. So I like how you understood that it's also the industry and practically the digital world we live in is not helping at all. I mean... I'd like to think that technology again is also well-meaning, but the way we, the way we use it, how we utilize it, we should be very mindful of it. We should utilize it in a way where it'll help us progress in all of our goals, not make us feel insecure. I mean, I may be called a beauty expert of some sort, but seriously, I always feel like I'm still learning and beauty right now is exploding in a way that people are finally catching up with the wellness side of it again thanks to the pandemic because that made them feel what is the self-care actually I was so happy that it just dawned on me one day 
you know, why are they talking about self-care? That's the whole point of beauty from the very beginning, okay? From the very beginning when the first lipstick was made, okay? The whole point was really to make yourself feel good. That's self-care, okay? Make whatever form it is, skincare, makeup, exercise. That was the whole goal of beauty. But then because of trends and how people are always talking about, you know, you should use the, the latest lipstick or this latest skincare to make you five years, look five to 10 years younger. Then that was, that was very much what was, we were bombarded by that message. But behind it is really the message of self-care, even safety. I wrote about an article about that. Safety has always been the protocol of beauty. All those beauty counters, all the products that come out, all of these big brands, they knew, all of these big companies, they knew it had to be rooted in that. So I'd like to think that the best way to approach it is to see beauty as something that's fun, as something that's also a part of your ritual, not a routine. I'd like to talk about it as a ritual because a ritual is very much something that gives you energy, gives you connection, makes you connect by disconnecting. So the rituals that we do for beauty are those that connect us to ourselves and others. And so by doing that, I think balance is hard to achieve. And I think that is that is something that comes in waves. We'd like to think that we have the perfect balance, but there isn't. There's really more of where do we shift our attention. And most of all, what I've learned during the pandemic is progress, not perfection. So in my industry, it's all about perfection. And again, it's a double-edged sword. Like, Okay, so here I am talking about wellness, but at the same time, I'm talking about skincare and beauty. So I think right now, people prefer to understand it and address it according to the wellness side of it. So they understood that, you know what, I'm not being vain if I want to put on a little makeup or a lot. It doesn't matter. You do you. I don't judge, you know, whatever feels good for you. And beauty will help you get there. So how will you get there? By thinking, I don't need to be perfect. Progress is also not a straight line. You know, it's like, okay, you check in on yourself and like, okay, maybe I'm trying to, again, like what you said, masking something that's happening underneath. That's why it's always important to say, look good, feel good. Then that will really make a ripple effect in your everyday mundane or purposeful routine that you do every day. It'll come out. People also understood that, oh, when I take a five-minute bathroom break or beauty break or coffee break, I'm actually breathing well. I'm in a state of flow. I'm checking in. Am I okay? And you don't judge your thoughts the way you don't judge how you look like. And I like the idea of, you know, you mentioned something about your culture also, which is very much also similar to the Philippine culture. We love we love beauty pageants, you know, but at the same time, it's so nice that our beauty queens are showing that, you know, it's beauty with a purpose, you know, beauty that has meaning there. Yes, they dress up well. They love beauty. It's fun. There's nothing bad about having fun with beauty. But at the same time, they have all of the other meaningful work that they do. And I've worked closely with Catriona and Pia Words back, and they are really the epitome of that beauty and brains and purpose. And it's so nice that their platform is helping raise that, you know, beauty ideal. And I'd like to also mention, it came to me while you were talking about Cleopatra and Helen of Troy. So when I, midway in my career, in my career as a beauty editor, I realized while I was fixing my thesis papers, all my college papers, my thesis was actually about beauty but about some kind of like an investigative kind of paper on the beauty ideal. The beauty ideal that changes as per the form of the female body and the physical appearance. Like one time it was about an Caucasian looking girl. Now it's Asian. And then before it was all about, you know, a full-bodied woman like Cleopatra. So I realized, oh my gosh, I have been delving into femininity without me knowing it since time immemorial. And I talked about why thin is in. In the 80s and 90s, I mean, in the 90s, early 90s, it was the wave look. 
So beauty has been changing and evolving. And it was also a reflection of what was going on during that era. So when we were bombarded by supermodels, that was the beauty ideal. Now, inclusivity is all about knowing that there's so many kinds of beauty, not just Caucasian, Eurasian, you know, and we're at the forefront of it, Asian beauty. So all of these things come together in understanding that there is really a deeper meaning to beauty. And I'm not just saying this because I'm in the industry, but I'm just so happy it's finally up for discussion because before most beauty editors would feel defensive. We would always talk about this, like, we all want to be taken seriously as writers, but then our platform is beauty. So it's a balance. It's kind of like push and pull on how to just like get them to engage and think about that and go deeper into the conversation. Because we're like, finally, in the pandemic, people understood that that is really what it's all about. Having fun, experimenting, self-discovery, self-love, self-care, which is something we always talk about during an event or after it, we talk about the art of expression and beauty or beauty simply as art because we go to all of the factories. We meet amazing people such as yourself. You can't exactly define what they used to for before a wellness expert such as yourself was kind of abstract, an abstract concept. But we were interviewing people like that. People from fragrance brands, the Gnosis, they travel all around to describe a fragrance through their eyes and through memories and all of these archives that they collected. Like we met the nose of so many celebrity fragrances, the nose of Lady Gaga's fragrance or Joe Malone. And we were like, we want that job. All they do is travel and think about, okay, I have this token from this trip and this is a spice from India and this is from Morocco. And this is just a pretty picture that I saw in London. And then they put that all together and they put it in a bottle. The same way with cosmetics. Wow. The dream I love that. Supply. Yeah. The dream. That's art. It's awesome. It's like art. So people understand. So they knew how to present it to editors and say, this is how we can get them. Beauty is art. It is a lot of things rolled into the actual product. So for makeup, there's a team of a creative team who will project, of course, three years out the trends. But how do they get that? They travel, they look at the spas, they see small things, a texture, a color that can come from a rock formation, a house architecture. And then they put that into the beauty trends and distill it into the makeup that you use. Just like the Devil Wears Prada, like when Meryl Streep or Miranda was talking about, oh, you're so laughing, you're laughing about the color blue, but you had no idea that that color you're wearing was chosen for you. And it came from a whole assembly line of distilling information and becoming this blue you're wearing. So it's the same thing. And when people click, that clicks with people. And for me, for beauty, what clicks is when they ask me, what is the best eye cream? Which is, by the way, the most asked question ever. FAQ in beauty. What, who is the best hairstylist? And then it becomes not about the product or the service. It becomes about how they feel. They'll text me and they'll say, oh my God, I love this hairstylist. She was able to, you know, bring out this color in my hair. I feel good. And then you see that glow. And then, oh my God, I love this. I love this lipstick. I'm so, I'm so hiya. I'm so kikai. They'll say that. There's a shame attached to it, you know, and I kind of tell them, there's no shame in that, you know, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in going there with your face. There's no shame in wanting to buy this expensive cream or this cheap cream or using it as long as you feel good. And if you want a 14, 18, 20 step skincare regimen or a three step care regimen or a one step skincare regimen, you do you and that works for you. And then from there, I see that, you know, they transition. They go from beauty and then all of a sudden they're traveling or all of a sudden they're cooking. There's a spark, you know, just the way Marikondo would always say, you know, find what sparks joy and then keep and lean into that. And then discard the rest. The rest is just noise. You know, the rest is just noise. It's really defining beauty for you. And I'd like to think we're helping people discover that 
although I'm not perfect, I always say that. In fact, I have a problem with the word expert because I think I'm always learning and I'm learning from people like you. And I I learn from doctors, dermas, artists, photographers, models, makeup artists. All of them have a certain art form that people have yet to discover as we talk about self-care. Self-care has become that platform for beauty. And I love it because finally, it's finally people can understand it. At a personal level, you know, we don't have to be defensive about it. Now people are coming at us. What else are the other things that self-care can do for us, you know? Yeah. I love how you put everything. And I love how you have brought this totally different dimension into the beauty conversation. Like that is just so important and so incredible. And I have to say that that mantra you use, look good, feel good. Right. You, you said it a few times, look good, feel good and do good, you know, and just like looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, look good, feel good. Or as I'm doing my skincare regimen, look good, feel good. I think that's what bridges the gap between the external and the internal, wow. like the beauty on the outside, beauty on the inside or the well-being and, you know, wellness and self-care. You know, I think that's the message of today, look good, feel good, that encapsulates everything we're talking about. So thank you so much for highlighting that. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the idea and notion of looking at beauty as art, because it brought me back to a memory when I was uh, younger. I I don't remember what age I might have been, but I bought a book, a hardcover book by the makeup artist, Kevin Oquan. And I remember making faces by, by Kevin Aquan, right? Yeah. I remember buying that book and I took that book for me. I took that book with me from when I bought it, which I think was either when I lived in, you know, the States or Dubai, something as in that book has traveled with me across continents, across phases of life. And when I moved to the Philippines, I got married and I moved here. That book was in front of my mirror. Like my mirror is a little high. And then I have that book. And then I have my makeup in, in like trays or like, uh, you know, in front of the book. That book was for me art. I remember flipping through the pages and all his different looks for me, that was art. And I remember falling in love with beauty and makeup with that book. That's what started for me because I just thought it was so beautiful as I flipped through pages, women with different skin tones, different kinds of makeup. Yeah. And I've loved makeup since. And for me, makeup is like, also I'm going out tonight. What am I going to do differently? Like what different colors am I going to play with? Like, you know, and I actually really enjoy playing with makeup. I love, you know, buying different things. I have a lot of makeup even though I use the same things all the time, right? Like everyone else. But it's true. Beauty is art. And I wish I had grown up with that appreciation for beauty as art, because I think that if I had recognized that at an early age, I don't think I would have fallen into the trap of, I need to be beautiful to be liked. I need to be beautiful to find my, you know, soulmate or my right guy, or I need to be beautiful to be in the in group or to be popular. I think if I had seen beauty from the side of art and that beauty is incomplete, if you only look good and you don't feel good, you know, and if you feel good, but you don't look good, then that's also a disconnect, right? That doesn't work. That shows like there's something wrong there as well. So I think, you know, that's what we're saying, Kim. Like, I think in our conversation, this is what we're saying, that it has to be, you know, alignment. Yes. What's on the outside, what's on the inside and beauty as self-care, beauty as art, looking good, feel good. I mean, these are the things that I would love to be able to teach my children and I will teach my children. I have a daughter now and it's my mission to teach her the things that I think you know, I should have known, or I wish I had known, but our community, our culture, our society, social media, like these things weren't there. And another thing I want to highlight is 
you talked about how beauty is a reflection of that decade or our times of, you know, what is going on across the board from, you know, from food to like modeling to like, you know, the movies to what's happening culturally, like beauty is really a reflection of where we are. Right. And that also reminds me that we have the power. It is like all of us who decide what is beautiful. It is our voice. It is our choices by what we buy, what we follow, what we like. Like we are actually creating the beauty ideal with the choices we make. Okay. And with what we say about it. And I think that is so powerful because it's not about what's dictated to us. It's actually us. We are choosing this. And if we don't like the definition of beauty today, then we're choosing the wrong things. And so we need to be more expressive about how we see beauty and what we like about beauty. And, you know, someone like you saying beauty is self-care, beauty is well-being, you know, looking good, feeling good. I mean, you are actually directing the conversation right now. So kudos to you. No, kudos to you, to us both. To us both. Yes, because I I do have problems with compliments. So that is my work in progress this year. So I have to accept compliments. See, even as a beauty expert, like it is a struggle for everyone. People think, you know, no matter how you look or how you feel about yourself, everyone is on the same journey. Everyone feels the same way. Put anyone in front of a camera or on Zoom, they feel the same way. It's just that you have to shift and realize, you know, something that has been important for me, acceptance. Acceptance is not just accepting, oh, this is how I am. It's embracing it and like really leaning into it. Like, okay, so how do I embrace it? You know, acceptance for me is kind of passive. So, but how do you embrace and really work at it? So we covered beauty is art. And that there's also one of my favorite issues where magazine issues where it's the you know every october is a beauty issue in mega magazine before and that's when i'm allowed to really go all out with all of the wellness and well-being talks and i understand that my editors were like but you know they're waiting for the trends and all those makeup fashion shows that you went to backstage i said i'm gonna give them all of that but let's also go not just through the products let's do spas let's do wellness Let's do also my favorite feature before the last that I would always, the section that I would always submit the last would be called the section on thesis. And this is really like this. It's a discussion, not necessarily controversial. It can be a simple thought. It can be a simple concept, but like really digging in and leaning into that. And so I like that we have universal definitions of what beauty is and that universal definition is definitely inclusivity okay so a filipino woman a eurasian woman a caucasian woman african-american woman an indian woman anyone male female cisgender lgbtqia everyone has a universal right to feel and look beautiful that is a fact okay so but there are also things that we can subscribe to for ourselves so if I want trends and beauty trends, that's fine. If I want to concentrate on things that make me feel good and it's exercise, it's fine. If sometimes I don't feel like putting on makeup or if I feel like I don't want to exercise or self-care for me at that moment is really shopping, watching Netflix, binging, or just running, it doesn't matter. If I want my hair like this and I want to color my gray hair, it's okay. I can subscribe to that. So it's so nice. And by the way, thank you for uplifting my spirits by bringing Kevin O'Conn in the conversation because he's an icon, you know, and that book was also something that sparked interest in me. And I remembered seeing how he did the makeup of his own mother and God may he rest in peace. I mean, it was like, oh my gosh, like this is a painting. He painted faces, you know, so makeup is painting faces. And seriously, I was so blessed to go backstage and I was so nervous to go backstage with makeup artists. And the same training goes for these makeup artists. You forget that they're makeup artists while you're interviewing them. So they would talk about, okay, I used this blue eyeliner because I remembered Madonna. 
in circa 1980s. And this beautiful cerulean blue, which I saw while swimming, you know, in Italy. And that's my inspiration. Or the idea that I'll put, you know, some gaffa tape on the side of my eyes. Because one day I didn't have an eyeliner. And I, all I had was gaffa tape or, you know, electric tape. I cut it into a triangle, put it here. And I said, that's cute. I don't have to put anything that's like an eyeliner. And then they would talk about it. And I, one time I was brave enough to ask one of the makeup artists. It was, I re remember it vividly, London Fashion Week. And I said, you guys, you know how to paint a picture of your inspiration. And they said, oh, we are taught not just to train how to apply makeup, how to layer it well. We are really taught how to communicate it, you know, not to market it, to communicate that kind of aesthetic. And we go through a lot of training, but we also go through a lot of travels and they brainstorm about anything and everything under the sun. A pigment, a dessert, a fragrance, a picture as the source of inspiration as, or as the catalyst for conversation. And when they talk about it, I was like, that's wonderful. And then there's one artist who even said, so we were like, so how is this dewy skin? What was the inspiration for that? And why did you use this specific cream as your primer? And he goes, oh, I just imagined this girl, brunette, coming out of the pool or coming out of the beach and her skin is still moist and wet. And then the, the sun is just about to hit her skin by around sunset. And then she comes out and then there's still some of, you know, some of that shadow coming from the side of the clouds. Like that's how he described the makeup that he did that day. And we were all in awe. Wow. And I said, yeah. Oh, in fashion week all the time. I said, so those nice anecdotes that really how I learned from I call them artists. So makeup is really artistry. Beauty is artistry. It's really a form of expression. So yeah. And if our parents were able to articulate that, and again, it's not their fault. It's, you know, a generational thing. Then we would be able to understand it because on my end, I never thought of myself as conventionally beautiful, but then I will always hear that there's always something like, oh, she's so cute. She's so she looks so cute put together and she looks like you because I thought of my mom as very beautiful, like how you thought of your mom. And if they compared me to my mom, I would think, oh, wow, I look decent. I look decent, you know. But then in my head, but they've forgotten that she's an interior designer, you know. And I grew up around doctors and I thought I wanted to be a doctor. I think this is the kind of doctor I am going to be. <laughs> this because I love psychology. And I love children. I love medicine so wellness is like oh this is where i'm gonna come in so i thought how would they really because i did well in school you know how helicopter parents are for asians and it was really aside from looking good my parent my mom instilled in me that you need to do well in school you need to study hard you know and find what you like and work hard at it when you have children don't forget about how you look like. Don't forget your work. So that's where she was coming from, you know. And and I realized, oh, that's where she was coming from. You know, like, don't forget yourself. Don't lose your identity. Work hard on your dreams while being a mom. So to me, it was so hard. Like, okay, if I'm a beauty expert, no one will listen to the other things I have to say. No one will think that I actually studied psychology, so sociology. I'm, I'm a sociologist by profession. That's my course. And that's why... I love all of these things that have anything to do with people, emotions, anthropology. That's my background, you know. So, and I'm very grateful this landed on my lap because I really thought I was going to be a fashion editor. I started out doing all the other articles that my editors didn't want to do, food, fashion, style. And I said, I want to be a fashion editor. And somehow someone said, do you want to try beauty? There's an opening. In my head, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a faster way for me to be an editor. I'll try that, you know, do other stories that I have control of. Then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, beauty has everything. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, you're in the right place at the right time with the perfect flow interplay of everything, which is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. In hindsight, yeah. Everything, like meeting, meeting all of these people such as yourself, the best resource persons medical, 
you know, traditional and alternative medicine that my former mentor in EIC, may she rest in peace also, Sari, she was like, you know what? I think you're done with all of these cosmetics. It's time to do aesthetics. And I said, what's the difference? She said, aesthetics is different because, you know, you were going to talk about during that time, it was, it was unheard of stem cell, PRP. We did Reiki healing. That was like over a decade ago. And I was like, what are these things I'm going to go to? Like she was ahead of her time. So she brought me in that. She's like, let's go to this retreat center. Let's talk about this energy bracelet. I said, okay, 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 okay. I'm going to look at it. So that, that was really my, my start with the holistic approach to beauty. That's where it came in. So interesting. You know, I find your journey so interesting at moments. I'm like, oh, I wish, I wish I was doing that. It's, it sounds so exciting. And, you know, art as inspiration, expression, you know, beauty. Yeah. Now we're kind of running close to the end of our episode. And I did want to talk about something, Kim, before we ended. I want to talk a little bit about the dark side of beauty. Okay. Now, I was reading about what happened with Lisa Marie Presley. I don't know if you followed the story. I just saw an alert. I didn't get to read it, but I saved it. So basically what happened is she, so she died at the age of 54 and apparently she had had like a weight loss surgery, right? And oh, yes. yeah, and I was just reading about how, you know, the autopsy reports are saying that it's the, a complication of the surgery that caused her death. Okay. So there was like a bowel obstruction in parts of her intestine, like basically died before she got to the hospital and that's her cause of death. And so I kind of see this happen to where people may jeopardize their life because of trying to reach a certain beauty ideal or to make sure they reverse the aging process. You know, I've seen people who've done so much plastic surgery, they don't even look, they don't look like who they were, you know? And then, so there's that going on too. And I know here in the Philippines too, it's a really big thing. I, I was surprised when I got here, how many plastic surgery clinics and, you know, all these different things going on here. And I was like, wow, people, you care, think, right? right? I wouldn't have thought, you know? But it was amazing to me how big an industry beauty is here and specifically in, you know, there's all this kind of augmentation going on, the butt, the breast, you know, the face, the nose, like so much of it. And I was like, wow, you know, what do you say to someone? So this is my question to you. Okay. What would you say to someone, whether it's, you know, the physical appearance or even someone who's constantly chasing after that cream that's going to make them look a certain way. And they, they kind of depend on that beauty aspect to make them feel complete or whole or good enough. What would you say to someone who is going through that, you know, where they're constantly chasing the outward appearance at the cost of what's going on inside, or maybe to run away from what's going on inside? What would you say to them? And thank you so much for bringing this up because I wouldn't feel uncomfortable at all talking about the dark side or the other side of beauty. In fact, when I was talking about my thesis about, you know, the changing beauty ideal and, you know, how thin was in or pretty, that was sparked by a subject I took in sociology under deviance and that subject, deviance, covered not just beauty, but everything in general, like how social norms really influence all of these standards that we have, not just beauty standards, everything in general. So deviance, that subject really made me understand, do you know what? This should be part of the conversation. People should be comfortable talking about the way we are now comfortable talking about mental wellness and illness. It's the same. It all comes together. So in terms of talking about this beauty ideal that we have, if someone wants and feels, especially for our sisters in the LGBTQIA um, family and community, if it makes them feel connected to themselves to do that surgery, 
I am in no position to judge them. And people shouldn't be judged by their choices in beauty. But number one, I would always seek a mentor or professional help. It should be standardized and normalized for people to have a soundboard of some sort so that people can really talk, right? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I just want to interject for a minute, by the way, just to make that clear that when I was talking about surgery, I wasn't at all talking about LGBTQIA and what those kind, because no. I completely respect that and no, honor no, no. that. And I think that's a very different situation than... I'm sorry. Yeah. That as an example, I, in general, we can be, it's delicate, yeah. so I can just... Agreed. And I totally okay, agree so with I'll, you. And I totally agree with you, by the yeah, way. It was just easier. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree to, to with you on that. Because that, yeah. that yeah. I feel like, has so, so many more layers, layers and very good reasons. And I totally support that. I think where I feel it, it gets dark is when people, like when it's like self-worth now becomes about, you know, what's my body shape and like how big are you know, how big am I on top? Or, you know what I mean? I feel like that's where it gets a little dangerous where, you know, there are people now on social media championing the whole idea of removing implants because it's so bad for, right? It's so toxic for the body. So there is a, a shift in mindset, but then there's still people who are relying so heavily on these kinds of different methods of making themselves feel good about themselves. Yeah, we can, I'll just make it general so that, you know, we don't, because it's a sensitive topic. Okay. All right. So aside from getting the help from within, which can be anything, which can be therapy, a mentor, or just simply a friend you want to talk to about the self-discovery part or journey of beauty or this perception of how we should look like and feel like we shouldn't judge people on, on the process that they choose to get there okay whether it's invasive non-invasive whether it's even about the talk of cosmetic surgery or just the talk of like anything that they can put on themselves or change a hairstyle i can always advise them aside from seeking professional help and having a soundboard a sounding board for where to express their feelings. It's important to understand that at the end of the day, that is just a catalyst or a, you know, the jump off point. It will never be enough. That's why people get addicted to it because, you know, like after you do this nose job or liposuction or Botox and there's nothing wrong. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. And if that makes you feel better and sometimes it's even, um, a health thing, you know, like it is a matter of health. You know, if you if you need to put that on your body, go ahead. But at the same time, you need to do the inner work. That's why, again, I go back to that beauty issue we had where the headline was beauty is work. So it has to happen as you progress and take the small steps. And I always say progress, not perfection, small steps, big changes. So those small things, those rituals those small steps that you take because people get overwhelmed with big steps you know it's really that one will take you one step further to how you can feel good about yourself and it is easier said than done because again right now there's social media before it was just magazines print if you don't look at the magazine you'll be fine but at the same time you look at the magazine because you want to be inspired now it comes to you, okay? It's not just the people around you. It's not just the expectations in your job. It's not just the, you know, the expectation for women to be everything all at once, to be everything, to do well in anything, to look good while doing it and 
you know, to actually do well in everything and, and, you know, juggle everything and balance everything. So again, balance to me is a myth, but balance is a reminder that you need to really look at all of the aspects of your life and work on that. For me personally, if I were to just share, I usually share my own experiences so that people can understand that this is a universal thing. So if they're going through that, they ask, should I get Borox or whatever, but should I get the surgery? Okay, so a friend of mine had a disconnect with how her abdominal area was looking after a C-section. And I personally had that problem too because my journey into weight loss was is not the same as the others. It was always like, oh, I just feel like I need to strengthen myself and build muscle. I always wanted to look toned. But after giving birth, after a C-section, there is literally scientific evidence to that and literature about you. There's a disconnect in your body because of the many layers that had to go through because of your C-section. And now, amazing, there's exercises and wellness experts who help you connect with your body because you feel like it's a separate entity when you gave birth. And it also is a physical and a mental and a well-being connection. So it's a holistic approach because all of a sudden, you now will have your breathing techniques, like your body is not separate from that. So I understood why she wanted to have a tummy tuck. So you just have to open up that part of the conversation that is not just physical and to make them aware also that, you know, talk to a lot of doctors, talk to a psychologist, talk to a beauty expert, go do the work, go talk everyone get everyone involved the, the ones that matter to you by the way that will understand your inner voice and once you're ready then go for it and again it's it's an evolution some people felt that they wanted to have those implants during a certain time and others didn't and after a while it, that's done for me so you go to the next chapter so that's the beautiful right. thing it's you know it's a progress not perfection so i love that that the whole progress over perfection. That's one of my favorite, you know, mantras as well. But there are two things you said that I want to highlight. Number one was addiction. I think when like, that's the, for me, the easiest way to draw the line. When it becomes an addiction, I did this part of my body, then this part, then this part, and you keep doing it. And you find yourself constantly thinking about what can you do next? Like it's empty, you feel. Yeah, but that's when I think there's a problem is when you continuously do it. And this, you know, while you were talking, two examples came to mind. I have a very good friend who was in, you know, broadcasting in front of the TV, all kinds of things, right? That she was doing that put her, you know, in front of a lot of people. And she had a nose that was like, in her words, like it was too long and it would like, draw attention. Pronounced. Yeah, exactly. And it would draw attention to her face. And all she ever wanted was a nose job. Like that was something she really wanted since she was younger. And she finally got it. Yeah, she finally got the nose job. And it like changed her in a way that she had so much more confidence. She was more comfortable with herself. And that to me is a very good example of how I feel like that was a needed for her. She needed to do that for herself. Yeah. You know, and she did the inner work. It wasn't just an outward transformation. Like she did the inner work and she's really this person that I see. Yeah. For me, like that's, that's a great example of how it's really important and really valid to me. And then I had another friend who was always self-conscious because she was like, I think she's like a double D or a triple D. And so she always also wanted to have breast reduction surgery because she was always pulling at her, her bra strap. And, you know, just her posture was always like the body language. Yeah. It was like, I don't want you to look here. Right. And so she had the breast reduction surgery and that was also something I feel she needed to do for herself, you know? So I feel like it's about making sure you don't get addicted and you need to keep doing something to yourself because you're not happy with who you are. Cause I think that's an inner work thing, right? I agree. Yeah. And then I like how you said the holistic, like it has to be holistic. Like if you are going to choose to do a certain type of surgery that might be life-threatening, 
right? It yes. might have complications or, you know, you find yourself doing a lot of different procedures, procedures let's call it that way, then it is probably a good idea, as you said, to speak to a therapist, speak to the doctor. Yeah. Do your due diligence and make sure you're going into it completely like clear and balanced. Cause there was another word I liked. You said balance, you know, that that's really kind of something that may not be easy, but to have that different perspectives, I think is amazing. Honestly, Kim, it has been such a insightful conversation. I have definitely decided that the next time I put makeup, I'm going to go and transport myself to a memory, you know, take some inspiration. Like I'm really going to even practice mindfulness as I do my makeup, because that too can be a form of self-care and I can turn it into a ritual. So I got a lot out of it. And I think, you know, we together come up with some. So there's no time. Yeah. So, okay, wait, I have one, I have one thing for you, Kim, before we end is I, I need to know your project loving myself mantra, and you've actually shared a lot of great ones over the episode, but what would you like to tell? (laughs) It's so hard, but I came prepared. Hold on. I usually have a monthly or yearly mantra just because I love journaling also. And when you asked me about it. I said, oh my gosh, it's so hard to choose because during the pandemic, I was really teaching people how to, you know, breathe again and like enjoy their skincare, take that moment, have awareness, no judgment. So every year I had something. So in 2020, it was about flow for me. So flow became just this important mantra because I was into a lot of poi, rope flow, jump rope, anything that would get me in the flow, mindful walking. And then in 2021, it was mindfulness. And then in 2022, it was graceful acceptance of the things that I cannot control. Because I think control is something we all have to, we all struggle with, you know, it goes with perfection. And then this year, my mantra is really, after all of that, is to be grateful for my breakdowns and breakthroughs so for this year it was really growth and gratitude so we have to remember that i have to remember that after all my breakdowns there is a breakthrough because it is a bridge that's my bridge to get better and to really again delve more into holistic wellness and beauty because i'd like people to understand that or to feel that it's not just about, you know, beauty is not just about wellness. It's about wholeness. That has more weight to me. You know, wholeness is when you finally have a mind-body-soul connection. So that's, I think, this whole conversation is about. And thank you so much for all the beautiful snippets of and anecdotes that you gave to me today. This is such a blessing to me. Thank you. I feel the same way, Kim. Now, Kim, how can people, you know, read some of your columns? How do they reach you? And if you also want to share a link about your beauty brand, I was looking at it online and um, I love the packaging and I love like the ethos. So definitely please tell our listeners about that. Actually, in our website in pureculturePH.com, our local, natural, mindful and clean beauty brand, you can see all the links in our blogs there and it will also talk about mindfulness so mindful beauty for me personally and for our brand it is really the amalgamation of everything being safe sustainable caring for our environment caring for our community so mindfulness is all about that and how we also do our rituals and um, i have pledged to really be more active in social media and again utilize it you know utilize it more because i've been so busy so I'm going to post now more about rituals you can do, be in, you know, get in that mindful and flow state. And I also have some articles coming up, which I will also post there on Instagram because this writer has been asleep because she's, she's so busy with startup life with our beauty brand. But you'll also see me training and going around your regular beauty stores and guesting to talk about holistic beauty. So, 
just my Instagram and Facebook account is enough, but definitely you'll read about me online. You can just check the links that I can also send. Like I would not uh, name them specifically, but the usual, the usual online outlets. So we'll be there and be more present this year and next year. So I'll post there. Beautiful. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. It was amazing having you. Thank you, Kim, for sharing your amazing perspectives on beauty, wellness, self-care. And I love, you know, just talking about beauty as art. I think everything you said about embracing beauty, the beauty inside and outside, I mean, these are things that we all really need to talk about. This is the conversation I want to have about beauty. Now, wrapping up this episode, let's recap what we've learned. We've challenged the notion that beauty is skin deep and discovered really what beauty is about. And in the company of Kim, we've talked about the different layers and aspects of beauty from, you know, how it can be something that helps us with our self-care and going all the way to the dark side of beauty. Now, as women, we've witnessed the evolution of our roles. We've recognized that even our notions and our ideas of beauty have changed over time. And we have a voice. We have a power to decide what will be the beauty standards of our time. This is a conversation that we all need to have with our own children, with our daughters, and even with our sons. So... Go ahead and share your takeaways, reflections, and personal stories on your social channels and tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnamal. I would love to hear your perspective on what we talked about. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with others who might need to hear this kind of information, this kind of conversation for that inspiration that they need or for those kind of thought-provoking ideas that we want to share with the people we love. In quotes today, I have a quote for you by Confucius. And he said that everything has beauty, but not everyone sees it. And I'm going to follow that up with another beauty quote that I love from Coco Chanel. Beauty begins the moment you decide to be yourself. So be yourself, guys, and find that balance between the inner and outer beauty. Remember, beauty is art. Beauty has to be balanced and make it holistic. This is Project Loving Myself and me, Sanaya, signing off, but reminding you to embrace your beauty inside and out. Until next time, you are loved. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Pod Machine. Bye now. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.